You're listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul Abernathy. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Electrician Live. I am indeed your host, Paul Abernathy. Thanks for joining us. Reminder, we are doing this every Saturday evening at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time live Come hell or high water, come technical difficulty, whatever it happens, happens, but it is live. We have a lot of things scheduled for the future, a lot of shows. Um, interesting enough, I have invested in some uh, a new, what I call the supercomputer, which again, will take at least probably a month to get here, and that will change everything because... Uh, Again, there's a lot of limitations that I have on the show, having guests come in, and it's just computing power was not at a premium, and now it will be at a premium. Thanks to all of you who have subscribed to our programs and everything. You've allowed me to be able to invest back into the company. So, again, thank you all uh, for doing that. Yes, thank you. Uh, Again, it's all about trying to make better content for all of you, and so that's part of the investment that we make into this. And so, anyway, back to the topic. I'm so easily distracted. Um, Today's topic is based on a question that was sent in uh, asking to explain in more detail a specific change in the 2020 edition of the National Electrical Code. Now, this change takes place in Article 230, which deals with services, and it has to do with the Number of disconnects, or the maximum number of disconnects. Now, we're all used to that old saying, you know, where you have the six disconnect rule. So, I mean, if you've ever had a panel, and, you know, I've probably seen this more in medium-sized projects and larger projects, but I'm just using it as an example. If I were to hit a main lug only, and in the past, let's say I hit a main lug only panel as my service, and I had no more than six, you know, two pole breakers in there, let's just do that example, then I met the six disconnect rule. Now, maybe one of those other breakers of those six, maybe one of them fed a panel right next to it, and that covered all of my branch circuit loads, okay. And then one of the other five covered the water heater, the air conditioner, whatever it may be. Um, so, again, if that was the application, in the past, it would have been compliant. Is again, as long as that equipment was rated for service equipment use and everything was uh, uh, rated for the available fall current uh, for the or the short circuit current rate, everything was good. It was okay. Now let's bump that up into a commercial application, which is very common. Uh, I would come to a big uh, single enclosure, like a cabinet, big cabinet, um, and you know it's got the sides and the top and the back, and it's like a panel enclosure, but it's a little bigger. It's still a panel board, but it had uh, maybe 800 amp coming in, and then I had six individual circuit breakers in there. And of course, you know, you might have a 200 amp one, a 300 amp one, a 400 amp, whatever it is, um, in this enclosure. And the, you know, at the end of the day, this was common, and it met the six disconnect rule. And again, we're talking services here, so let's not equate this to feeders, which are going to be on the load side of an overcurrent device anyway. We're talking service, and that's been done for years. Well, in the 2020 edition of the National Electrical Code, that can no longer be done. And the, the rationale for this change is, and I'll give you what can be done, but let's kind of talk rationale a little bit. 
is that, you know, we have these requirements for barriers, and it used to be in 408. Now it actually, the barrier requirement has been moved into 230, for those that did not know. And so you have this 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 requirement that you can't come in contact with these these terminals or any live any live bus. And so at that point you've got this this rule that again was relocated from 408 now over into uh 230 I believe it's 230.62c I believe it talks about barriers that are placed on service equipment such that that no uninsulated or ungrounded service bus bars or service terminals can be exposed to any inadvertent contact, that type of thing. Um, and so now that you have that, people are saying, okay, but the problem was if you still went with the six disconnect application and you had a you know main lug only application, the bus would still be energized. You can't kill the bus. And if you're down working, picking breakers out of it, and you think that it's dead and it's not because obviously there's, it's just main lugs. So, the change here was to say, well, in that scenario, we need to we need to kill the bus bar. We need this for safety concerns. We need we need to shut it down. Now I know people will say all the time, you know, show me the bodies, show me where this was a big deal, okay? But the reality is, you can see that there could be a safety issue. It's much safer, and we're trying to protect the workers. Uh, and I guess we all run into this thing where we get complacent and we don't think about safety and we're just trying to get the job done. And so we're working in a panel, maybe, you know, working on a larger breaker, we're working in a panel and we're not thinking about where the hands are going. It's so much easier to just have a main breaker and shut down the bus, knowing that the terminal portions are going to be, have barriers on it that, that prevent inadvertent contact. And then everything else is insulated. It, it just, it allows you to, to be able to do what you got to do without worrying. So, Main breaker concept makes sense because that bus is typically exposed. Now, a lot of times in motor control centers, and we'll talk about that in a minute, um, things like that with switch gear, you're working in that bus. You really can't come in contact because of the nature of these individual enclosures that you can't come in contact with that live bus anyway. So there is some allowances that are going to be given you here, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But in general, what we're doing is we're trying to eliminate the potential of an energized bus with no ability to shut it down and have the six disconnects in this one single cabinet. So with the result of the change for the 2020 code, that allowance is totally gone. Okay, so let's kind of look at it and analyze it. And then we can kind of add my commentary to it as we go and we'll get a better understanding of it. And it should be crystal clear. That's the hope anyway, right? So if you have a 2020 edition, oh, reminder, reminder, you can go to nfpa.org, get a free account. Okay, it doesn't cost you anything to get an account. Get the account and then you, whether you have a, a web-enabled device or whatever you have, as long as you have internet, you can always get access to a free edition of the NFPA documents, any of the documents, by the way. Okay, I mean, I encourage you to purchase them. I encourage you to support NFPA, but... They do make the free documents available if you need to look at that. All right, so we're talking 230.71, maximum number of disconnects and the change associated with the 2020 NEC. It says, each service shall have only one disconnection means unless the requirements of 230.71B are met. Okay, so we're familiar with the six disconnect rule. It's been around for years. Okay, but this is telling me 
I can only have one service disconnect for each service. Okay. Now, incidentally, if I come from a transformer or a pole down to the weather head on the side of a, a building, let's say, and then I come down into a wireway, and then I drop out of the wireway with meters, and then I hit six different individual enclosed service disconnection means, that's still one service to a building. But that's six disconnects grouped in one location. Okay? I just want to set the tone here so you know, so we know where we're going. All right, so we're talking one service to a building. Now, the code does allow me to have more than one service to a, to a building under certain conditions in 230.2, uh, whether it's you know special permission, capacity, uh, different characteristics. You may, maybe I have 12240 in a building and I want to bring 12208 to a building. That's different characteristics. There is other allowances, okay? And there's also allowances, again, for service entrance conductors that are permitted under 230.40, exception 134 or 5, which we're not going to get into extensive detail today on that. Uh, probably, I think I have a separate podcast or video for that. It's probably old. You have to dust it off. But I do explain that. And if, if you're a listener who wants me to explain 230.40 exceptions uh, and how they apply, really a big deal when it comes to multiple dwelling, uh, multiple units and things like that. So like apartment complexes, as long as you keep the service conductors outside, it, it gets kind of detailed. If you want that, I will I will do that. Just uh, request it and let me know, uh, and uh, I'll try to do that for you. But let's get back to the topic at hand. So one service disconnect per service, okay? Unless the requirements of 230-71B are met, Okay. Well, the first thing that we need to do is look at the general requirement for 230.71a because before we even know what whether I got we have one, two, three, four, or even five service disconnects, we need to know what is considered a service disconnect. Obviously, the service to a dwelling, to a building, whatever, to a structure, that's a service disconnect. But you can have other disconnects at this location, and we don't want to have them kind of mess up our count, if you will. Because I could have this same example where I said I have six individual circuit breakers in individual enclosures, and this is the six disconnect rule. They're all grouped together. Everything's good. But then I come and put one of these other disconnects right beside those, and now you have somebody come along and say, oh, you're violating 230.72A, uh, or, or not the grouping, you're, you're violating 230.71B, you got seven disconnects. Or, you know, we don't want that confusion. So which disconnects are not to be considered service disconnects? Well, there's four of them here. Number one, power monitoring equipment. So if you have a disconnect for the power monitoring equipment uh, to the, the building or structure, then that disconnect being there does not kick it into Ooh, now you got over six, okay? Uh, it does not get counted as a service disconnect. Same for surge protected devices. Same for control circuits of the ground fault protection systems as well as power operable service disconnecting means. They do not count as part of the counted service disconnects. Okay, so one, two, three, four. So we're trying to keep this extremely simple. Again, using my example, we have an overhead service drop, comes to a weatherhead, comes down to a metal wireway, and then drops down into meters, and then drops down into uh, individual circuit breakers used for service disconnect. Okay, we get that. Okay, so obviously this is a commercial application for that application. So I means six separate meters, right? So that's what we're talking about. All right, 
those do not get counted as our count that we're going to do in 230.71, which allows me two to six service disconnects. Again, service disconnects. Those are not service disconnects or to be considered such. So now we look at 230.71b. We need to get a better understanding what this two to six is going to actually allow now. So, and this is where we're going to get into that, whether or not it can be, you know, the six breakers in a single cabinet, you know, or a single panel board application. Is that permitted now? And it is not, but there is some caveats that allow you still to do this, but you got to keep this in mind. Number one, here, let's talk about the rule. It says two to six service disconnects shall be permitted for each service permitted by 230.2. Okay, so you, you've got that list of, of the number of services. Again, one to every building is the general rule, but then it has some other uh, things that will allow you to have additional services to a building if you meet those allowances in 230.2. It says, or for each set of service entrance inc- uh, conductors permitted by 230.4, exception number one, three, four, or five. So this is actually, I'll give you the basic example of exception one, because I don't want to go into too much detail here uh, in this podcast to keep it you know short. We're talking about the change to 230.71, not teaching you the rules of 230.40 in the exceptions. We'll say that for another time if you're interested. Uh, but again, example is the exception number one would be an example where I have a building that has more than one occupancy in it, and I bring one service to that building. But when I run on the outside of the building, because these are still service conductors, and I run them around the building, and then they go to the individual units, okay? And they go to the individual units, so I'm still service conductors on the outside of the building. It hasn't entered into the building yet. It hasn't gone to an overcurrent device yet. It's still outside. These are service entrance conductors, okay? And then they, they, they enter into the unit or supply the unit. Of course, they got to meet all of the rules as well in 230.70A1, this outside nearest point of entry and all that kind of stuff. You with me? But in this case here, all of those conductors, there's cables or whatever, are, are kept outside of the building. Then I can have up to six per panel that, this would, that these um, service entrance cables end up terminating into, okay, and meet those rules, okay, individually. Okay, still one service to a building, but I'm using this exception because what I'm doing is one service to the building, but I'm creating an additional set of service entrance conductors that might be running to the individual occupancies. You with me? And as long as it stays outside of the building, um, then there's still service conductors. And I'm not going to have any problem with grouping because once I get to the unit and I hit a panel, let's say, in one of the occupancy units, now the six disconnect rule will kick in right there, okay? And that's how you utilize this allowance here, okay? All right, just wanted to talk about it so that we can, you know, so that's an example of an exception to the the general rule, all right, of service, dealing with the number of services to a building. It's still one service to a building, but this is an allowance for me to have service entrance conductors running to individual units. And again, if you want me to explain that in another one one time, I will get in really detail for that. All right, so let's get back on topic. Now, it says the two to six service disconnecting means, and I'm back at 230.71b if you if you wondered where I kind of strayed away. It says in the last sentence of 230.71b, it says the two to six disconnection means shall be permitted to consist of a combination of any of the following. Okay, 
So number one says I can have separate enclosures with a main service disconnect means in each enclosure. So that was my example of a service overhead coming down to to a wireway and then dropping down into meters. Then I have six individual service disconnection means. Okay. And of course they're grouped uh, in 230.72 requirement, but they're all right there. So that is okay. And you still can do that. Not a problem. The next one is item number two. It says, okay, panel boards with a main service disconnect means in each panel board enclosure. So same concept. The other was just the service disconnect. But now if I want to have the entire panel with a main breaker in its bus system, okay, same concept. The first one just didn't have a busing system for other breakers where the panel board tends to have the, a bus system for other breakers. But as long as I have a main breaker, I can have the same setup we just did and drop down to weatherhead, drop down to a wireway, drop out of the wireway and hit individual meters and then drop down and actually hit panels. So I have the cabinet or closure and then I have the panel board inside of it, which is basically the guts and I have a main breaker. And as long as I don't have more than six of them right there, I'm good to go. And they're grouped at the same location. Everything's good. So that's still allowed. And again, it's just going to force you to have main breakers. Uh, Item number three says, okay, well, switchboards. Okay, so I'm going to get a use for switchboard. uh, Where there is only one service disconnect in each separate vertical section where there are barriers separating each vertical section. So if I have a basically one big cabinet, but in this big cabinet, I have vertical barriers, might be a metal barrier running from top to bottom. And in each one of these sections, I have a main breaker. Okay. So I could have six sections designed this way. And as long as each section has a, has a main breaker, okay, has a service has one service disconnect in each vertical section, then I'm okay. So that's an allowance for that. I'm not sure I've seen very many of that, but again, there's an allowance for it. And then item number four says service disconnects in switch gear or metering centers where each disconnect is located in a separate compartment. Okay, so in this application, um, you're still dealing with the six disconnect, but in this case, the service disconnect is contained in separate bays of switch gear. Okay. So it's basically their own enclosure as a top, a bottom, a side. And again, it isolates it away from the other enclosure that's right next to it. So this is typical for switch gear that's designed like this with, with each separate enclosure built into one overall enclosure. Okay. Cabinet, whatever. So that's still okay because the concept is in most of those switch gears, the, 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 the routing of the buses is in the back and you access it from the front. So when you're working on that one, the chances of you coming in contact or the way it's designed, you don't come in contact with the energized bus. So this is going to allow you to do this with the switch gear. Okay. Now, when it comes to the metering center, again, that's an application where I might have a metering stack where I have six and the breakers uh, incorporated in there. And each meter it's basically configured into its own enclosure. Now, it might have one common bus in the back, but again, it's configured in the way that you're only working within that singleized enclosure where the breaker is located, okay? So that's still going to be permitted uh, to do it. Again, those meter centers, stack centers, and things like that. 
And it's most obviously most notable. This is going to be a two, three, four, five, or even a six type of meter stack. Uh, any of them that's more than that, obviously you're going to have a big main breaker. And then of course, once you have a main breaker, then it, you really aren't limited except for your load calculation and what you're dealing with on the load side of that. Um, but again, this is just a, giving some allowances uh, for that application. Now you have two informational notes here uh, that are just giving you some guidance, giving you some heads up. For example, it says a meter center are addressed in UL67 typically because it does have a main, you know, it does have the breaker in it, uh, all of that type stuff. So again, that falls under UL67, which again talks about panel boards. But meter centers are encompassing that, and they'll have extension pieces that connect onto it that all get evaluated under the scope of UL67, even if each piece of component might have some other rule or standard that's it when it comes together and evaluated as an assembly, then that's under UL67. In fact, you know, obviously being used for the standard for panel boards. Uh, and then you have uh, informational note number two, which is basically giving examples. And I, I still like it when the code gives examples. And I also like when it says, but not limited to, because again, it just opens it a little bit. Most people would I shouldn't say most people. Some people want it to be so definitive that nothing else is permitted. But if that was the case, we wouldn't really allow the AHJ to do their job and allow other activities or applications. So we're just going to give you some suggestive ideas. And, of course, informational notes are not enforceable anyway. So, But informational note number two happens to say examples of separate enclosures with a main service disconnect means in each enclosure include, but are not limited to, motor control centers, that's a good example, fuse disconnects, circuit breaker enclosures, and transfer switches that are suitable for use as service equipment. So again, transfer switch, for example, that is suitable for use as service equipment, typically will have some kind of disconnection means in it, may even have, um, obviously going to have overcurrent protection, but that is encased in its own enclosure. Um you're, many people are probably familiar by now of the change that's coming to 230.85 for the 2020 NEC. That's the emergency disconnect for one and two family dwellings, right? Well, typically, that's probably going to result in what most people are going to do is you have three options there. But most people are going to either put a do what they've always done, put a service disconnect outside. And then, of course, then the feeder is going to feed a panel inside somewhere else in the dwelling, um, a one and two family dwelling application. Uh, and then disconnect outside is a single disconnect. It's service rated. Okay. It is going to be your service disconnect. Of course, you're going to label it accordingly. Now we have labeling rules in 230.85 because it's also going to be serving as the emergency disconnect for that case. Uh, you also could put a NEMA 3R enclosure outside with a main breaker in it. And that would also serve as the 230.85 emergency disconnect as well as the service disconnect uh, for the actual uh, building itself, right? For the, for the panel board protection. So you have all these allowances that are taking place and we just want you to kind of understand that NEMA 3R panel with the main breaker, that is all enclosed in a single enclosure, a separate enclosure. Okay, so effectively the, the what we call executive summary is it no longer can you, as an electrician, run service conductors to a single enclosure or cabinet with a busing system that allows you to have six individual breakers inside of there and meet the requirements of the two to six 
disconnection mean rule or the old six throws of the hand type scenario, okay? Can't do it anymore. You have to follow the rules in 230.71. Hopefully, I have now made that totally crystal clear. Everybody understands how this rule is going to apply. And basically, manufacturers are just going to have to stop making those cabinets with the, uh, well, again, they're not going to stop making main lug only panels, right? And that's not going to stop. It's the ability to use that main lug panel in order to meet this rule and try to do the six disconnect, which you're not going to be able to do anymore. It's not going to eliminate the use of a main lug only panel. It's just not going to allow it to be used uh, in a service application where you're trying to meet the six disconnect rule in this thing. Okay. Now, that's not going to remove the ability in some panels and some listings to backfeed and, and lock it down, and, and you are providing the disconnection means. I mean, there's, there's going to be other things that you can do, but the key here is you can't no longer feed a main lug only with six breakers in there in, or even a bigger cabinet with a system where you have like I said, maybe an 800 amp coming in, hitting a main bus system, and then you have six individual larger, maybe 200 amp each breakers or something like that in there. Not allowed anymore. That's the that's kind of the crux of this whole change. Okay, can't do it anymore. So hopefully you got something out of that, folks. If you didn't, I'm sorry. If you did, give us a thumbs up, share it with everybody, and join us. Every Saturday night at 8 p.m. Central uh, Central Time on electricianlive.com or on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash master the NEC. And again, if you're looking for exam prep or trying to learn the National Electrical Code just a little bit better, visit www.masterthenec.com and look at all the courses we offer. We'll teach you the code like nobody else. Till next time, folks, stay safe. God bless. You've been listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul 